Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that is right. We are back. For a UFC Austin this weekend from where? That's right, Austin, Texas. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. We will talk about the UFC, MMA, boxing, anything under the combat sports umbrella. For anyone who is new joining us, thank you, as always, for giving us a listen and giving, a, giving us a chance. We're going to give you every bet, pick, prediction, all the information you need to know on the card this weekend. Ty? How are you feeling? Uh, are you excited? I am excited to be talking about some UFC again. We had a week off. We had to watch some, uh, well, if you, if you, anyone out there put themselves through the PFL card, you had to watch that. But uh, it's good to get back into the combat sports world. Yeah. What do you think about Impa Kasaganai being a millionaire? I think that's kind of cool. It's pretty uh, cool for those guys at PFL, though, who do do well, win. And then, like, like uh, the Canadian gangsters, he hung his gloves up, man. He's done. Yeah, I, I knew it. I got a, I got a nice... A nice, uh, nice Canadian source of mine broke the news to me a couple weeks ago. So uh, really, you heard you heard it here fir- first, folks. He, but yeah, he's done. I think he's two time winner. Yeah, two million. I mean, what a, what a great career he pretty much had. I mean, he hasn't lost since he fought Armin Sarukian. Ironically enough, in 2019, he's won what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row, beating Clay Collard, um, finishing off Stevie Ray, beating Natan Schultz. Ralph Manfio, Marcin Held, guys that were in the PFL for a while, you know what I mean? Uh, beating Shane Burgos. He was supposed to be the big PFL sign. He said, yeah. nah, easy easy work. Uh, Bruno Miranda was, was was a hot commodity at the time. So, and dude, his losses in the UFC, he had a three-fight losing streak. Starukian, Burns, Alexander Hernandez. Like three, you know, on their best days, absolute savages. Um, and obviously he beat Rocco Martin, beat Evan Dunham, beat Drew Dober. Like he had some good wins. Lost to Diego Fajaya. So, um, also beat Jake Matthews on the Contender Series, uh, Ultimate Fighter. So shout out to OAM, the Canadian gangster. Uh, shout out to who else? Henan Ferreira, uh, Mister Magomed Karamov. I think it's the second time he's won uh, the tournament. Impa Kasaganai. He was homeless. Uh, he was sleeping in his car like yeah, a couple man. months ago. So the fact that he won the million dollars—that's awesome. Good for him. Kayla Harrison, you know, just doing whatever she wants to ask my lad. No one really expected differently. Jesus Pinedo, I don't know if you saw that. He smoked Mr. Braga, standing TKO. That was nice. And then your boy, Biagio Ali Walsh, knocks out some poor fuck and uh, face plants him for probably like five bucks for that guy. So Good for that, that guy. P- <laughs> uh, PFL, I mean, dude, the main card, I think, took like five and a half hours. That just can't happen. If you want to compete with the UFC, you cannot have a longer main card than them. It has to be shorter. It just has to be. Whatever you're doing, do less is, is my um, recommendation. Yeah, the people didn't pay money to have you promote dude wipes in the middle of a <laughs> segment 30 minutes in between each fight. We were watching this to see the fights and get this over with. We're really not trying to spend our whole Friday night watching guys that we honestly don't really care about. I mean... Yeah. Big John McCarthy just rambling. You're like, all right, uh, enough of this. Yeah, so uh, uh, you know, PFL has kind of made an enemy out of us with the whole Don Davis thing <laughs> and uh, the 
constant promotion of everything that they do. If the guy picks up a microphone, it's the proper 12 microphone of the night or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit out of control, but Ty, let's just get right into it. We got a big card, uh, not really huge, but it's a somewhat all right card uh, compared to what we have. We had to talk about last time and what we have to talk about next week, which is, uh, you know, not to little jump forward a little bit, but that's a rough one. Uh, if you've, Looked at that yeah. one, but don't we look got, at it, folks. Yeah, don't look at it. We got Benil Daryush, Armin Sarukian, a one fifty five battle. We have a man who is I don't know what kind of fucking ad just popped up on my thing, but we have Benil Daryush. Yeah, no, no, not exactly. Some <laughs> something some dude was just doing karate on my screen. I'm like, oh shit, he's fucking kicking the shit out on boards. But uh, <laughs> Benil Daryush plus two fifty, Armin Sarukian minus three hundred, three ten. Big time favorite here. Uh, Daryush coming off of the... Uh, he got eliminated, right? By Charles Oliveira in... Uh, what was that? June? During the... Oh, geez, that's right. Amanda Nunes and Aldana. Oh, my gosh. That was... Yeah. That was a rough night. That was a that was a main event. And then he and they were the co-main. Mike Malott. Yeah, that's right. Nobody... Wonder who bought that's that the, fight. The card, I absolutely shit the bet on. And I think went over like 30. And yeah. Team Canada swept us. So no, that's right. We were fading Canadians all night long, and we got cucked. That's exactly yeah. right. And uh, <laughs> Armin Sarukian is coming off of a win uh, in June as well against uh, Joaquim Silva, where he had a third round elimination of him. So did the chicken dance too, though? He did do the chicken dance. It's. I think I had him decision that night, and he kind of screwed me over. I remember watching that at the bar. I made the guy at the bar turn the fights on. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, no. I need that on that TV right there. I need yeah. a UFC fight night. Like, what channel? I'm like, you shouldn't even have to ask that, but ESPN. Yeah, come but, on, bro. 206. Come on, 29. bro. You, you watch MMA, bro? But <laughs> You want to fight right now? I mean, I think Daryush is a little bit too much of an underdog in this one, but I still don't have confidence in him to win this fight. I... I just this seems like it's I, I don't I don't I don't really have a real feel on this one. I think Sarukian has shown that he has all the skill in the world and he is a just a all action grappler and can take you down and smash you on the ground which he and he can knock you out on the feet too which he did to Christos Gallegos but that's Christos Gallegos but what do you have a feeling on this fight? Do you have a bet that you like, like right off the rip? Because I don't really even. It might be a couple weeks in a row where I don't bet the main event. I don't really have a good feeling on this. Yeah, we, I, usually I'm a proponent of staying away from the main event. I've I've gotten uh, fucked over a lot um, <clears throat> on main events, so I think I think I might stay away. I feel like if there is a play, it might be Benny. Uh, I think I think um, I think he might be the play. I think he um, his last fight was obviously tough. You know, but he looked good against Gamrot. He had that um, had that post fight speech that was interesting. He seems like you know he has that nice guy persona, but he's a he's a killer. So it's kind of um, you know he's a strange fighter. He's a strange person in general. Not strange in that sense, but you know he just seems like the nicest person ever. But he, his fight style balls to the wall. Um, remember the Dracar close fight almost got his ass you know put out, and then he put him out. Yeah, I think that was pretty much the end of that uh, Dracar close hype train. Jeremy Stevens gave him a nice little shove that ended up concussing him, which is crazy. Um, and then tore his ACL. Poor guy. We'll talk about him later. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think Benny has a bad gas tank, but I do think his fight style can possibly lead to that. Sarukian has a pretty aggressive style. Pretty, you know, he goes after it too with his wrestling, and 
and scrambling, but I feel like his cardio has lasted pretty well. I think he's been in a five rounder and uh, Benil has not. So that's something to think about. Um, I think Benil's never lost a fight that's went the distance. Um, but like I said, sometimes he will, uh, you know, just, just wear himself out. Not really just, I mean, obviously he'll tire, but kind of does it to himself. It's not uh, a gas tank issue. Remember the Evan Dunham draw, he you know tried killing him in the first round and after that lost the next two. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I, I like Sarukian a lot. Obviously his debut was crazy against Islam. I don't know, you know, th- that loss ages well every day, which sounds crazy, but I, I don't know. He, he, has all, he also has like a grind him out style. You know, he likes yeah. to get on top, top control, nasty ground and pound. His hands are getting better. I just think striking defense is the issue. I think, like I said, he can hit you. He can throw some good kicks, very hard kicks. He throws aggressive uh, body kicks. But, yeah, like I said, I I just think he he can get hit easily. He can get his face. We've seen his face get busted up a little bit. Um, And I just think this is probably a fight where he's going to settle in after some wild scrambles. Because getting getting Darius down and, and just scrambling, wrestling, grappling with him, uh, especially right away when the fight starts, is 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 hell. Hell on wheels. Darius is sneaky athletic. I know he has that gray hair, even though he's super. You know he's pretty young. Um, but he is, and it doesn't look like the, the best athlete. Kind of stiff the way he moves, but he gives you hell in those scrambles, man. So I think Sarukin's going to have to, you know, calm down, kind of um, fight methodically. Maybe maybe throw some kicks, slow him down, try to try to hit him hard, and then. And then go for a takedown in the middle of the first round or late first round, and then um, get some top control, get some ground and pound. And I think that's probably what he's going to do and how he's going to win. I just uh, I don't know if he's going to finish him or not. So I, I don't really have a, a an edge at all, honestly. Here I don't I don't really know. I, I feel like I should, but I'm going to go with Sarukian by decision. So I think it's going to be the first fight Darius ever loses by decision. Uh, but I, I I guess I could see a, a bunch of different factors here. I, I could see a bunch of different things happening. So. I'm going to stay away betting-wise, but that will be my pick, and I think I'm uh, pretty confident. I worry about Sarukian being able to get Darius to the ground. You know, I I don't know. Like you kind of mentioned, it's the scrambles, and it it seems like it's hell. I mean, Gamrot kind of had that similar mindset or game plan, and he really was not successful at all. He was getting knocked down, like flash knocked out, and getting back up, which... We can all agree that Gamrot's not human, but I don't know, man. Sorokin also did lose to Gamrot, so it's just yeah. that's something that you know just sticks in my mind. And I think the line itself is a little bit of an overcorrection from him getting knocked out by Charles Oliveira. But Charles Oliveira is Charles Oliveira. He's the you know if not the he's the number one next to maybe one B. Next to Islam Makachev, which that's not exactly a, you know, disrespect or a negative because Islam Makachev is head and shoulders above everybody at 55. So uh, if there was a secondary champion, if there was an intercontinental champion to bring my WWE uh, into Rob this, then it, it would be shout out Rob Van Dam, but uh, it would be Charles Oliveira. So I don't really uh, discredit him for losing that fight in, in the fashion that he did. Uh, I just, you know. I, I can't get that out of my head, and I can't get it out of my head how good Benil had looked before that and all in all these different fights, and I want to take Benil Moneyline here. I really do. I think it is a perfect spot for a somewhat of a vet lesson, but I just don't trust that he may not get caught or something and, and knocked down 
or that maybe that, you know, he's 34. He's getting up there. He's not old necessarily, but age age could be catching up to him and, you know, in some ways. So you just don't know what these guys are going to look like. And Sarukian is in his prime pretty much. So I don't know. I don't really trust it, but guess what? I am going to do it. I'm going to take Benil Daryush money line at plus 250 here to kick this off. Since we haven't been here in a while, I am not going to let this opportunity pass me by. Daryush money line plus 250, and we will keep it moving. Uh, I, you think that's crazy? I don't. Uh, is it like that outlandish? No, I mean, Sarukian's uh, takedown accuracy, I think, is like 35%. Daryush's defense is 80%. I think some of that could be skewed, but... Yeah, maybe we see the best Sarukian we've ever seen. But he, again, he's 27. Like, you know, he's had lapses before. I don't think he's immune to having more lapses. He's, um, what is he? Let's see. I know he's undersized. I just don't know how much undersized. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty uh, it's like a pretty noticeable difference. Three or four inches smaller than him, height wise. I think so. Similar reach. You know, maybe maybe parts of this game of the Gamrot fight uh, show their head uh, show their head again. I guess like. You know, he lost to Makachev by decision, lost to Gamrat by decision. I can see him losing to Darius by decision, like you said, a, a little bit of a vet lesson. But um, I do think highly of Armin. So I do. I, too. I, I guess I guess he might be the safe pick. But Darius has done it before, man. He's he's upset people before, and um, I think uh, some people are trying to push him uh, out of the top top five, top ten conversation. And I don't I don't think he's ready to be uh, to be out of there yet. So we and- shall see. Make no mistake, I'm not disrespecting Sarukian at all. Uh, I, I know how good he is. I just, I sometimes think the Sarukian conversation centers around how good he looked in that Makachev fight, and people want to push him up to that level to get him to fight him again. Because if he wins this fight, he's probably r- right there in line for next uh, at, at yeah. the Islam shot, and he would deserve it. Yeah, Other than Charles... You know, I mean, there's a couple guys ahead of him, and it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a holding slash waiting pattern. But you know, I, I like Benil talking about how Poirier didn't want to fight him. He turned him down three different times, so that that was a little <laughs> interesting. Uh, you know, yeah. Poirier kind of wants to pick and choose. It seems like Poirier's kind of cooked. That sometimes when you fight McGregor, man, and all that money starts coming in, you're like, you know yeah. what? I don't really need to do this anymore. I, it's fair enough. I don't know what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he's sitting around waiting for the red panty night, as some would say. But absolutely, uh, yeah. And the stories around Conor McGregor not that great though, right now. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. you know he as just always. he had a child though. He had another one. He just yeah. leaves it in, man. He does not give a <laughs> shit. But yeah, we keep it moving uh, back to the central focus of what we have going on. It is was supposed to be Bobby Green and Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, I believe, re-injured his arm. Is that is that what happened? Something like that, yeah. Not great. Not, not great. great. I mean, Dan Hooker, you know, you, very... Uh, there's Take some time off there, Dan. Yeah, there's always something going on, or uh, it's just, it seems like, you know, he goes to war, and then he tries to fight again five minutes later, and they're like, dude, your leg's broken. He's like, ah, shit, you're right, and then they have to find a replacement. <laughs> so, Jalen Turner hops in to fight Bobby Green, and uh, Ty, were you able to see any of the... Um, press conferences or just any of the little clips that you see. And it seems like Jalen Turner's real down in the dumps this week. It just, it, I had not liked the vibe from him whatsoever. He was full of excuses, uh, just yeah. all for everything. And he's a minus 200, 210 favorite against Bobby green, who was getting into it with Saru, a member of Sarukian's team in the, uh, hotel lobby. Of course, which, he was. of course, of course he was. exactly. There's always something going on 
with uh, Bobby Green and, you know, any time. Yeah, Green Georgians. Uh, I, I was going to say, any time of these uh, Eastern European gentlemen get in there, it, it gets a little bit wild. So do you like anything here? Uh, I don't know. It, I mean, I like Bobby. I, just from what I told you with the demeanor of Jalen Turner, I did not like that at all. It's never a good sign, especially when you're making a late notice. You know, like he, he said something like he didn't, have a, yeah, he didn't have a choice. And turning down this fight, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, you did. You could just always say no, but yeah, uh, he's much bigger than uh, Bobby Green. I'll be curious. This seems like a fight you might want to wait until after the weigh-ins to see uh, if Jalen Turner even makes weight or how he looks on the scales or if this fight even happens. But I guess I'd like to hear your opinion. Yeah, he missed weight last fight, right? And that was a full camp, so <clears throat> um, 12 days notice. I think he's a lock to miss weight here. Um, let's see if he did miss weight last week. I think he, he did. did. He weighed in 158 okay. pounds, it says on here. Yeah, not very close. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of that, a lot of red flags. He's not passing the vibe check. No. That's for sure. Um, also, you know, he's going to try to, you know, do whatever he can to make weight for this fight. And uh, he's always had a, a gas tank issue. He's always been a guy who slows down. Obviously, the hooker fight was a great example of that. He was beating his ass in the first round and, that's pretty much it. So I think with, you know, this, uh, this, this short notice, I feel like it's just, um, kind of a lock, kind of a guarantee, kind of a, uh, easy prediction that he will slow down. He will wear down later in the fight, but you know, will it get that far? He's, he's a very destructive striker. He has yeah. an elite frame. He knows how to use it. Um, I kind of think he's a fraud, but he might also be like the best, um, uh, the best 12 and seven, 13 and seven fighter ever. You know, he, he has some tough losses that he, he's still young also. I, I mean, he's kind of been through a different, a bunch of different versions of a vet lesson. He's only 28, which is crazy. Uh, you know, and some of the guys he's lost to, Luke Frivola, Gamrot, Hooker. Um, these are good fighters, man. I mean, he, I know he used to get finished back in the day a lot. He has an 11-second knockout loss in his third pro fight. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I still, I think his chin's gotten better. I think his, his punch retention has gotten better. I think he can... You know, uh, his all-around game has gotten better. Um, but he can be clipped. Um, he can definitely slow down. He's got the really, really good front kicks, good teeps, yeah. good head kicks also. He can kind of just wrap wrap his long limbs around. And um, I just like Bobby Green's uh, his movement. You know, I know he fights with his hands down a lot, but he's super tough. He's super durable. Uh, he's got really good boxing, kind of stick and move. Um, I think this fight might look like a little bit um, like the Fazeev fight when he fought when he fought Rafael Fazeev, in which he um, I think he I think he lost a close one. Um, let's see, I want to see how he old did. Bobby Green is. Thirty seven. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's old, but it, it seems like he hasn't you know he hasn't shown that he's that old. Right? I, I feel like he's not wearing down. I feel like he's not slowing down. I know he got finished by Drew Dober and Islam Akhachev back to back, but two tough guys. Uh, and then he you know the, the, the arm triangle Tony Ferguson was impressive. That I don't even know what the line was at the line on that was unbelievable yeah especially the manager if he had third round sub and i had him last fight against grant dawson he was a huge underdog for whatever reason plus three four hundred and he smoked him in 30 seconds so um i'm I'm, i mean i know that fight just happened but you know two months ago but you know again 30 seconds of grant dawson nothing i i don't know man i'm I'm back on the bobby green hype train i'm on the underdog hype train i'm gonna take bobby green money line wow i'm I'm with survive round one and i think we're good I think I'm with you, man. Uh, why not? Because I just, you know, just 
I just clicked something and it had odds for Conor McGregor versus Ronda Rousey. I'm like, what? Well, what are we? <laughs> what are we doing here? But Ronda I, Rousey minus five minus five hundred. She actually will show up. Conor won't pass the drug test. I yeah. I am with you on this though because I. Not to say, like, you, you laid out the way that Jalen Turner wins. He, it's going to be early on. The later this fight goes, the better it is for Bobby Green. I don't like how old Bobby Green is, but I yeah. don't really think that that's going to necessarily play a factor. Bobby Green, Jalen Turner's big. I will say, if if Jalen Turner makes weight, I'm 100% pound. Like, I would have no problem betting Bobby Green. We've got plus yeah. 180 on here. If Jalen Turner maybe misses weight to the effect of a 59-60, and Bobby Green accepts the fight still, then I wouldn't bet. That's tough. I would yeah, not bet fair. it then, because then that means he didn't even try, basically. And you know, Bobby Green's just accepting it because he wants to make some bread. And it's just you know he won't guess out as much that like we're counting on. But the closer he gets to fifty five, the better it is for us. I think we're gonna go Bobby Green here plus one eighty, both of us, and we will keep it moving. Now, wow, underdog city for me today. Very yeah. rare that I do this, but shout out to the underdog app. Shout out to the underdog app. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. They don't pay me though, so I don't shout them out too much. <laughs> Rob Font, Davison Figueredo, Davison Figueredo, the sniper, right? Or is, is that his nickname? Dustagueta, or is his brother's the sniper? Is it? <laughs> yeah, Frank. Come on, man. It's Francisco Figueredo. My bad. Uh, I wish it was Francisco sniper. fighting this weekend, but uh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Rob Font, Davison Figueredo. What do we have here as the odds? Davison Figueredo is a underdog. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Woo! Bless you. All right, we got plus 122, 115 to Rob Fonts, minus 130, 145, I think you're getting on here at some things. I'm surprised to see Rob Font as a favorite, but I guess with this guy making his, you know, his jump up to 35 and Font coming off of, I'm pretty sure it was the last time we saw him was Yanez. Oh, no, he lost yeah. to Corey Sanhagen. I think he. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I wrestled out wrestled by uh, Corey Sanhagen. Yes, I did. Sanhagen, a very uh, snoozer, if you will. Yeah, I, and that was the one where Sanhagen had it, the fucked up elbow or yeah. tricep or something along those lines. But uh, I don't really hold necessarily hold that against him because I don't think that's going to be happening uh, in this fight. Uh, what do you make of these odds? I don't know if I really. I mean, Font's obviously going to have the size advantage on him. So I probably would bet Font. I, I guess that, that seems like it's tough to make that jump from 25 to – I mean, he was already a big 25-er, but I don't know, Ty. Font's got good boxing. He's been – you know, he's a pretty good counterpuncher. Seems like this could be a, a situation where these guys wind up standing in front of each other for a little bit, trying to counter each other, and there's not a lot of action maybe. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Rob Font, or uh, as as we like to call him in Brazil, Hob Funch. He um, lead jab, king of volume. Except that last fight, he only had I think <laughs> nine strikes landed against Sanhagen. But you know, he got taken down a bunch. Uh, his takedown defense, funny enough, has you know improved over the years. The numbers aren't great uh, offensively or defensively. In general, his his numbers aren't the prettiest. Uh, I guess strikes landed compared to strikes absorbed is pretty good. I think it's a two full strikes more, but. Um. Yeah, I, I I really do look at his jab, how how good it is, how quick it is, how how much it snaps, and I think that could be the decided the X factor in this fight. It's only three rounds. Um, you know, Font doesn't really take shots nearly as well as he used to. Not that he ever did, but um, I I still think that's an issue, right? Because Davis and Figueroa hits fucking hard. 
Um, we've seen Rafan against some, uh, some South Americans not take shots very well, right? Jose Aldo dropped him twice. Cheeto Vera dropped him three times. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I thought there's one more. I think the Sun South fight lost that one. So I, uh, I just don't know what to make of Figgy jumping up. You know, I think it's about time. I think it's about time he's, he's making the move. Uh, he's training at fight ready now. I think that's awesome. He used to fight. I think he was training in Brazil with, you know, his, the same camp that he's been with forever. Uh, it's good to see him, you know, move to a, a camp in the States, kind of just get out of your comfort zone. So I, I'm glad that he's doing that. And I think we have seen guys do pretty well moving up in their prime. I, I do think Figgy is still in his prime. Not, not much left, but he's 35. And he's been in a lot of tough fights, but really making, killing himself to make 125, I think was a huge, huge factor in some of those Moreno fights. You know, the one Marino, I think it was the third, third or second, where he just looked like shit pretty much and got smoked every, uh, it seemed like every round and he was getting hurt and he was just not, he didn't have the sting on his shots. <clears throat> so I really think that matters a lot. Uh, like we, like I said, uh, Kelvin Gaston, when he went up to 185, looked great. Um, Dustin Poirier, when he went, finally went up to 155, Alex at, Alex Pereira at 205. So, uh, you know, every case is different, but I think this could really suit him well. Maybe it's a little too late. <clears throat> That's my only issue. Yeah. Um, I love how he, you know, I love his calf kicks. I love his power. I think he has a pretty good jab himself. Uh, I like his movement. Sometimes he's a little in, inactive, right? I think he, he faints a little bit. He waits a little bit. Um, I don't know how much of this fight's going to take place on the ground or in the clinch, <clears throat> but I feel like Figgy is surprisingly tough in those areas. Um, I just, I don't know. Font's bigger. <clears throat> he's, uh, he's, you know, the naturally, naturally bigger guy. And also he's been at this weight class for a while. He's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he takes shots that way. I don't think either guy has the best striking defense. <clears throat> so I don't know. I thought I was going to have an edge here. I thought I was going to really love Figueredo because that's my guy. But I think uh, I think Font might might be able to, to to get this done. I think he might be able to do more. I think he's going to probably win. You know, find just find a way to win the rounds. And uh, I think I got Rob Font decision. But again, no bet. I. I'm with you on the Rob Font. I think I might be betting TKO here at plus 275, I think, is what I have the number at here. Oh, we get plus 330. Wow. Oh, Holy shit. Shout out to FD, Fandle. baby. Uh, FD getting, getting it done here. I, the reasoning for that would be Figueredo was not taking shots well at 25, and it's understandable. He's cutting a lot of weight. Now he's going up, so maybe he would have a better chin, more, you know, just more energy, more everything. But I worry that he wasn't able to really knock Moreno out. I mean, he was maybe able to knock him down, but is his power going to elevate going up to 35? I worry about that. And I just worry about how he struggled at that. I just worry at towards the end he was struggling at 25. And was that the weight or was it the fact that maybe he's just getting older now and he doesn't have the same juice behind him that he used to? I I don't know. I I just where when you go up this in weight like this, especially like I said with the smaller guys going up in weight, there's a big difference between 25, 35, 40. You know, it's a big time difference. I feel so. I think Rob Font with his boxing, he's going to. I mean, if Brandon Moreno was knocking you down, I think Rob Font will somehow find a way to knock you down. And yeah. Probably get you out of there. Uh, I'll I'm, start with that jab, man. Yeah, and I think the more technical striker is Rob Font. And I think Davison kind of just is, he's a good striker, but he waits on that one punch. And 
uh, he was a master at 25 because for the most part, he was a lot bigger than a lot of these guys that he was fighting. I think he's going to struggle with the size and the uh, reach difference in this fight, and I think Rob Font's going to have his way with him, and eventually he's going to get desperate, and he's going to get caught. So Rob Font TKO plus 330. And Mark it up. How about it? I'm, I'm making big plays here. I'm going to lose everything I have. <laughs> yeah. Everything I have. Gone. How about Sean Brady making his Real return? Guys. Late, just random breaking news. The uh, Week 15 Monday Night Chiefs-Pats game has been flexed out. The new Monday Night game is Birds against the Birds. Eagles-Seahawks will be Week 15 Monday Night after the Week 14 Sunday Night before the Week 16 Christmas Day game. Yes, um, just wanted to throw that little sprinkle of news. First ever Monday Night Football Flex, by the way. Wow. All right. So there you go. So there you go. People, it's supposed to be Sunday at 4.30. Now it's Monday night. There's some gentleman in Spain watching this right now who's like, well, what the fuck? What are they talking about? Like, what? What is get this? Get back to fights. Yeah, get back to fights, and that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah, How about – that is crazy, though. I'm, uh, that is pretty wild. Sean Brady, 15-1, and one, against Kelvin Gaslam, who is not making his 70 debut, but he's you know back still back at 70 after his win – Against Chris Curtis, which was that? That was at 70, right? That was no. Was no, that, that was 185. So I guess, is yeah. this his first 70? Well, first in a while. In a little bit, right? Yeah, he used to fight there, but. Till. <clears throat> Till and. Um, I forget who else. Not Till. I think Till was at 85. Till, Till was at 185. I guess it was back in the day when he fought Magni, Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, Tim all them guys. Tim Kennedy was even 185. Um, yeah, I think Woodley, right? Woodley, Ellenberger. Yeah. So yeah, he's been all he's been up and down. Also, a lot of 170, 185 guys for whatever reason seem like they're all, they're all in the same division. So that kind of fucks me up. I liked how people were pissed. They thought that he was going to look jacked, and then he came out and looked exactly the way Kelvin Gaslam always looks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just has he looks that. good. I'll he say he does look good. I mean, he he but, he's a tough fucking dude, man. Doesn't matter how he looks, he is a problem for anybody who fights him. Sean Brady making yeah. his return after. One of the more disappointing performances against Bilal Muhammad last October. So he took a full year off to somewhat recover, and he didn't really have a. Did he have any fights announced or anything like that? He did. He had a, a Michelle Pajeda, which got canceled, yeah. and then he was supposed we were, to fight we Jack Della. That. That's right, and he and then that yeah. got canceled. I think he would have beat Jack Della that night because Jack Della was not ready for that smoke. But uh, Ty, what do we have odds wise? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Plus 100 for Kelvin Gaslam. So he is a slight underdog to Sean Brady's minus 120, minus 125. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I don't know if I have a, a vibe or a feeling on this fight. A vibe check? Well, I'll say, I feel like um, Kelvin Gaslam has fought some guys with kind of the Sean Brady prototype, uh, body-wise. Uh, Brian Melanson, back in the day, rear naked choked him. Uh, Rick Story, when he fought him, he was in some tough spots, got a split. Uh, Jake Ellenberger beat him pretty uh, pretty easily. Tyron Woodley went to a split with him. Uh, Johnny Hendricks, I think, I think he beat Johnny Hendricks pretty well. Same with Tim Kennedy, knocked out Tim Kennedy. He was big, one eighty five, but still kind of had that Sean Brady, you know, stockiness to him. Um, the Jock Ray fight, very you know, very tough, but he beat him. And um, what's the other one? I can't think of the Jack Romanta fight. So I think he's he's fought some guys that are you know similar ish. To Sean Brady. Sean Brady's listed at five ten. I don't. Know, I don't know about that one. That's like Kevin, Kevin Durant being listed at six nine. I think that's a little little off, if you will. Um, and uh, it's good to see you know Kelvin getting in good shape. 
the problem with Kelvin is he's just like sometimes he looks unmotivated. Sometimes he's just a little off. His volume's up. His volume's down. So sometimes I think his performance wanes a little bit from fight to fight. And he's had a lot of fights. He's still pretty young, right? I think he's only 32. They're both, I think, 32. So um, I, I don't know. I think he's, you know, that Chris Curtis fight was very good. Uh, the two fights before, I mean, dude, he's been in, look, when's he ever gotten a, not an easy opponent, but a good matchup? You know, Chris Curtis, Cannoneer, Whitaker, I guess Ian Heinish was the yeah. last one. And then Hermanson, Till, Adesanya, Jacare, Bisping, Weidman, Vitor. <laughs> he, Neil Magny back in the day. Dude, I'm looking at his, his record. He's just not been in any, any, any easy fights. Even his canceled fights, Shavkat, Nassardine, Drickus, uh, Robert Whitaker, yeah, like this. Anderson Silva, yeah, like this guy shows the fuck up. He's he he wants to perform, and I think we know what we have with Kelvin Gaston, right? He's he's got great hands. He's got good volume. Really, really good one two. I, I like his jab. He kind of like will just uh, you know throw it three times, four times. Um, great straight left. And I say though, I, I have emphasis on the straight left and the jab because Sean Brady gets his nose broken pretty much every fight. It seems like. Um, I think he's kind of uh, a bully mentality. I think he has in there. I think he's a great hammered, bad nail. Uh, I still have questions about him. I feel like we've seen a, a decent amount of Sean Brady. He's 15-1, right? It's not like he has a bunch of losses or anything. <clears throat> I still think I have some questions about his overall game. Uh, his last couple of fights, I mean, he hasn't been the most active, right? And in the times he, he fought, I think Jake Matthews busted him up uh, before he got arm-triangled. Michael Chiesa in that third round was, was was styling on him, and that's that's never good if Michael Chiesa is doing that to you. K1 Chiesa. And then the Bilal Muhammad fight, the standing TKO was just brutal, and even before that, he just wasn't looking good. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum has that wrestling background, has that um, you know really good wrestling, uh, defensively more so than offensively, I think. I feel like he's one of the guys who's never really used his offensive wrestling. Um. So yeah, I, I guess that's probably how Sean Brady gets it done, right? Bless you. Take a take a take a page out of Robert Whitaker's uh, out of Robert Whitaker's book. Chris Weidman also took him down a bunch of times. Tim Kennedy, Neil Magny, all these guys took took Kelvin down multiple times. But I just don't know. I th- I think we have reached a point with Sean Brady that I think he's he's peaked, he plateaued, and I think he's probably on the way down now. I just don't think he. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to quit in there. I think he. Doesn't have the greatest – he doesn't like getting hit. Not that anybody does. I don't want to say he's not a dog or anything. I think he is, but um, I think he can be out-dogged. I think Kelvin Gastelum is one of the bigger dogs we have in the UFC. So for that reason, I'm taking Kelvin Gastelum the money line. I got him to win this fight. I think he could even finish him late. I think round three or decision would be a very good hedge or a very good play, if you will. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the move. Yeah, I think I'm probably not going to take anything here because I just I don't the the unknown of what Gaslam's going to look like at seventy. He, sh- he should look good, but I just don't know, and I don't know if sh- what kind of adjustments Sean Brady's going to make. He took his first L. I think it's kind of an eye-opening, somewhat experience. Maybe he comes back a better version of himself. But I'm I don't blame you though. It, it's hard to you know we were high on Sean Brady. It's hard to wipe out the image of him getting standing TKO'd against the fence by Bilal Muhammad and looking like he didn't throw a punch back for a straight minute. He was just getting hit and just kind of running around the the sides of the cage. It was it was a bad luck. It was it was really it was really bad. And I, I don't blame anyone who's taking Gaslam here. I, I I don't have confidence 
and Sean Brady anymore, and I want to. I, I am a big fan. I really am. But it's one of those things where you have to prove it. We have to see it first before we feel good about it. And, um, you know, with this matchup, Sean Brady's going to have to get him to the ground. Can't stand there and, and trade with him. And Gaslam's not exactly easy to take down, right? And so I don't right. I, I, I don't feel good about it. It's not the greatest matchup in the world. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm gonna stay away from this. I don't feel good about it, but uh, I don't blame anyone who maybe uh, has has money on Gaslam like you do, my friend. So we will keep it moving. We have Clay Guida. Wow, Clay Guida still finding his way on the main card. Thirty-eight and twenty-three against Joaquin Silva. Insane, insane, dude. That's so crazy. Silva so is Reese on this card is six and zero. Oh, yeah, just saying. That's we, they should have had them fight. Uh, yeah. no, I'm just <laughs> He's what? a little bit bigger than Clay Guida, I think. But, so what? You know, hey, it hasn't well, stopped Clay Guida before. Uh, Clay Not Guida, let him wear a singlet. Plus two sixty, <laughs> two fifty against Joaquin Silva. Minus three ten, three fifty. Uh, this seems like a perfect setup for a Mister Joaquin Silva to just eliminate and take care of business against uh, Clay Guida. But Clay Guida isn't exactly the easiest necessarily to get out of there. I mean, he's he's been gotten out of there more than a few times. He's been subbed 11 times in his career. It's wild. More than any <laughs> other way wild. that he's lost. It's been submissions. Only KO twice, which is crazy. I, uh, you know, I don't know. So, oh, dude, remember the one time? No, no, real quick. Do you remember the one time? I think I had money on him. Fuck, who was it against? I don't know if it was against Claudio Puelas um, or Jim Miller. But he got subbed, and then he stand, he, as he gets right up before the other guy gets up, and he starts uh, jogging around the octagon. I'm like, bro, you're you lost, dude. It's over. You're gonna you're gonna insta tap, stand up, and just run circles, do some cardio in the cage before they announce the decision. Like, all right, bro, I'm never betting on you ever again. So then, yep. and, and I'm not gonna do it this Saturday. I was there when he got the guillotine by Jim Miller in, in uh, Newark. That was yeah. That was great. That was a great time to be alive. But uh, I guess the – I mean, we, we're not going to pick Clay Guida. Just, I, I can't imagine either one of us is going to do That's that. So the option would be how does he get this done? Inside the distance is minus 105, 110. Uh, submission is plus 400, which that's very appealing. And TKO is plus 150. So I guess Joaquin Silva, I mean, you know, his history shows he likes to throw and he likes to bang. So I guess we can't trust him to get a submission. Yeah. Uh, what What do you like here? Do you think the inside of the distance is probably just a safe play and just to go with that? I like Joaquin Silva inside the distance for sure. I think TKO, um, you know, he, he's kind of slow. But, man, he, he has good flying knees and he has power. He has real power. I think Armin Sarukin went went backstage after their fight, went up to him and said, you are the hardest hitter I've ever fought. I believe that that happened. Uh, he, he does have the world-class jiu-jitsu, but just doesn't really have many sub, many subs. He did have Jared Gordon. I think it was Jared Gordon, right, if I'm looking correctly. Yeah, he had him in a tight, tight knee bar in the second round, choked out Neil Magny in a, um, in a, grappling, in a grappling match. And Neil Magny's a lot bigger than him. So, you know, his grappling is – I just don't see how Clay Guida wins this. Like, is he going to do his like awkward movement, you know, like spastic style? I don't think that's really going to work because he doesn't really have much pop behind his punches. It's not like he's the most technical striker. <clears throat> um, and Joaquin Silva hits hard, man. I just went back and watched that Jared Gordon fight. Um, that thing, that fight was a war, dude. Especially the third round, they were just standing there and trading, and they were both pretty much zombies. And then he, 
He uh, he finished Jared Gordon off against the cage. He had him knocked out cold against the cage. I forget who the ref was. Came in, and then Jared Gordon's body just drops, lifeless, sack of shit. So that was fun. That was fun to watch. Um, and he, like I said, even in the Sarukian fight, he, he hurt Sarukian. He made him do the chicken dance. Um, I think he's going to – I guess just, just to be safe, since Clay Guida somehow has only been knocked out twice, inside the distance, uh, Joaquin Silva, 100%. Um, I feel like I had something else to say, but I'm not really sure. I guess the only way Clay Guida wins is if he gets that grind, that grind him out style where he <clears throat> wrestles him and gets just a bunch of top control, right? I think that's the only really way he wins. If you look at Clay Guida's last couple wins, Scott Holtzman by split, um, Leonardo, Leonardo Santos, uh, second round rear naked choke, Michael Johnson decision. Those guys have a combined age of like 630. So especially Scott Holtzman, that happened like I think a year ago. And Scott Holtzman was – I think he retired before that fight. Um, <laughs> so the fact that he was only able to get a split and, you know, the only reason they gave it to him is because his name's Clay Guida. You know, if his name was Matt McSweeney, they probably wouldn't have gave him that no. one. So um, I would have, but I don't think they would have. So, I wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Rafa Garcia fight, that guy's just younger, fresher, better. I think this is another case of that Joaquin Silva, Neto BJJ, 34, right? And, you know, he's had some – He's had some tests. Ricky Glenn, you know, remember he smoked the fuck out of him in like 30 seconds. Nasrat Hackbrass with that big left. So I guess he has to watch the left hand. I guess that's his weakness. But either way, Joaquin Silva inside the distance I think should be should be easy work. And hopefully we see the last of Clay Guida. I'm sorry. You are an OG, but it's time to hang him up. I'm going to go Joaquin Silva as well. I think uh, I feel good about that. Uh, inside the distance, minus 110 for the shoulder strikes MMA boys. So... Lock it in. We lock that in. We keep it moving to Puna Soriano, Dustin Stoltfoots. Yes, I know. That's still on the main card, ladies and gentlemen. I can't yeah, believe sure it either. Uh, we don't know. and we, We're not going to understand it at all. So uh, what are the odds? That's a great question as well. I have to go back and find them, but I have them right now. Stoltfoots is a plus 250 underdog to Puna Soriano's minus 310. Uh, I love fading Dustin Stoltfoots, so... It seems like I'm going to do that here, but I don't like I don't like Puna Soriano. I'll just go out and say that. I, not that I don't like him as a person, but as a um, as a gambling uh, person, I I just he cannot be trusted, and, and that just goes to show you if he's not fighting Dolce Lugiambula, then uh, I I don't like it. And but this could look a lot like the uh, Dusko fight, uh, in my opinion. So maybe. I just think Stoltzfus is not good. Uh, it's he's just not good, man. I I, yeah. I I've seen him lose many a time. I've seen him get eliminated many a time. So I don't see why that couldn't happen here. Hey, he has a winner with Joe Pfeiffer. Yeah, so. and we all know how what happened. <laughs> a win is a win is a win is a win. Um, is what I've been told. Yeah, no, I mean he got taken down and controlled by Dawkins. Uh, same thing. He actually outstruck Adolfo Vieira, but I think, you know, Adolfo Vieira kind of lets that happen. Um, the Mirshar fight, he actually got a couple takedowns himself, but I think he got thrown into a couple guillotines and then ended up getting rear naked choked. Outstruck, actually, I got outstruck, but outlasted Dwight Grant in a very boring fight and then got, got a big old big toe to the mouth from uh, a boost. That shit looked like, uh, it didn't look fun. I'll say that. Uh, I think that Dustin Soltz boost, the thing with him is, Anytime I've heard about him or seen anything about him, I, I feel like he's kind of well-rounded, like he's decent and everything. I've heard good things about him in the gym, that he's just a savage. 
So I'm not sure about his mental game. I'm like, maybe he folds under the bright lights, maybe. I don't know if that's a thing. Usually he seems pretty durable, and then he gets you know front kicked in the face. I guess there's really nothing he could do about that, but he does have a black belt. So I think, and also Puna has, I think, I don't know if it's D2 or D3 uh, wrestling credentials. Um, so they both have parts of their game that I don't think they really use to their best abilities, or they don't really maximize, either guy really maximize their potential. Uh, Puna Haley Soriano is still very young. Um, I think he only has, what, 10 wins, right? Yeah, he's 9-3. and three. Um, And I feel like he's he's always been a guy I thought, at least. I don't know if I still think this way. I guess we'll have to see what happens this Saturday. I always thought he you know, he had more than he showed. Uh, he's kind of like that Vitor stand and bang style. Yeah. Um, not a great round winner. And, he, you know, he slows down also as fights go on because he, he throws a lot of just power. He kind of wings punches sometimes. I think I had him, if I'm – if I remember correctly, in his um, in his last fight against um, Kopilov, yeah. Which looking back, probably shouldn't have done that. Roman Kopilov's a savage. Um, Maximov, Brendan Allen. I mean, he went the distance with Brendan Allen, so he hasn't fought the, the you know the worst. Or yeah, he, he's fought some decent guys, is what I meant to say. Um, looking at his fight stats, not great. Like he takes more shots than he lands. Is accurate, you know, not very accurate. His takedown defense isn't great. So I, I'm not really sure what this. What, how this fight's going to go. Like, is Dustin Stoltzfus going to go for takedowns? Um, you know, the only, he did that against GM3, but he, then he got subbed. So I really think, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I really don't know, actually. I, I kind of want to take Puna late. Like, I think he's going to be able to finish him. I think both guys are going to wear down. And Dustin Stoltzfus' stand-up is not, is not as good as Puna. I think Puna's got a better jab, better, I, I, think, he's a, I think he's a southpaw. So I think he's going to create some uh, mismatches there. And as the fight goes on, he still had that power going to continue. And Dustin doesn't like being hit, it seems. So uh, let me just stay away. Let me just stay away. If I had a pick, it would be uh, – if I had a bet, it would be Puna, like round two or round three. Uh, my pick is Puna inside the distance, though. Are you putting that on the card? No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take Puna TKO plus 125. I, I just uh, – I don't trust Dustin Stolfoots' chin. And I'm worried about a submission – but like you said, Dustin Stolfus has pretty good jujits, yeah. so I'm going to count on him being able to defend himself in that way while getting cleaned out at some point. I don't trust Puna to get it done inside the distance either, though. Like he just there's some fights where he kind of coasts a little bit and lets the decision happen, and I'm like, wow, we could have gotten him out of there. Or that's usually in losing efforts, though. I think he's going to be yeah. on the upper hand on this one, and I think he's eventually just going to find this man's chin and get him out of there. So, Puna Soriano, TKO, plus 125. That is the main card, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to move on to the prelims. Don't don't tune out now. Don't, don't go anywhere. Here we are. Where are you going? Where are you going? You got nowhere to go. You have to listen about Misha Tate and Julia Avila. <laughs> Uh, wow. I mean, you want to talk about it. Misha Tate going back up to 35. She took enough beatings down at 25, <laughs> so she has decided to go back to her home where she was the champion at 35 to fight Julia Avila, the Raging Panda. What? Just, just terrible. Is that um, her, has that always been her nickname? That's, that's, that's her Instagram handle as well. Yeah, that's, All that's right. it. Well, she took a – she actually just recently uh, – Rear naked choke. Well, that's not recently. In 2021, she re- rear naked choked Julia JSP Stolyarenko. And I know all of you out there are who have listened to this podcast know how much of fans we are of her. Ty, is this fight bettable? No. I think you stay away from this bet. 
at all costs. I mean, Julia Avila, what is she, 35? And Misha Tate's 37. So they're neither, neither are young. Uh, Misha Tate is, is just pretty much washed up. I mean, she has that, uh, one dimensional 2005 women's MMA fight style where she yeah. just wants to wrestle you and that's it and just kind of smother you and get on top. That's pretty much all she's going to look to do. Um, I, I don't know. You know, is this her last one? I got, I got one more in me, like Vince Carter said. I, I don't know about that. I mean, Julia Avila also has question marks. Uh, I mean, she just had a kid a year ago. Yep. And women's, for, uh, from what I've heard, when women fight, their first fight after pregnancy is not great. Not great. You know, I think they need some time to kind of get in there. She also ballooned. <laughs> that sounds kind of mean. She ballooned up to 225 during her pregnancy or a little bit after her pregnancy. But uh, if you look on her Instagram, she's in great shape. So I think she's, she's ready to go. Uh, like I said, not young, but I feel like she hasn't had that many fights. She hasn't had that much damage accumulate over the years. Um, did she tear her ACL too? No, that was somebody else. Sorry. Um, so, you know, what, what do I take from this? The, the, it's this girl's, this woman's first fight back from pregnancy and it's Misha Tate who's still fighting in the year 2023, almost 2024. I think she made her pro debut in 2007. Yeah, she actually lost to Caitlin Young, and then she fought Jan Finney, who I believe, believe I've heard of. Jan Finney, that sounds not Dorian Finney Smith, but Jan Finney. Yeah, she got absolutely aborted by Chris Cyborg way back in the day in Strikeforce. Um, so I mean, dude, she's she's fought, dude. She's fought a lot. I mean, Misha Tate, uh, you know, she fought Ronda in Strikeforce, and then she fought her in the UFC. She fought Kat Zingano, Liz Carmouche, Sarah McMahon, Jessica I, Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, Raquel. But like her last fights, dude, Laura Murphy smoked her easily. Laura Murphy's like 50. Ketlin Vieira walked through her. Marion Renault was, was probably winning that fight. And Marion yeah. Renault, quite literally. Wait, let's see. Hold on. Okay. Is almost 50. She's 46. And she <laughs> she was another one who retired before that fight even happened. So we, we knew what was up there. Um, and then you have to go way back to that Holly Holm win in 2016, which she was losing. And she uh you know, pulled a rabbit out of her head and gave Holly her first loss. I, I think Misha's cooked. I just think she's absolutely cooked. I, I was never a big Julia Avila fan, but I think she's got more more in her game. I think she's stronger. I think she's probably a better better in the clinch, better against the cage, better at getting it to the ground, or better getting up off the ground at this stage in her career. It's crazy. She's only three and one in the UFC. I feel like she's been around forever, but um, yeah, I, th- I think she's going to win this fight probably by decision. I mean, she has a couple finishes, but. Remember, she knocked out Gina Mazzani, kneed her to the body in like 20 seconds. Good. That was it for Gina, Gina Mazzani, uh, Kennedy. No, not Kennedy. What's his name? Elliot. Gina Mazzani, Elliot, Broom. Fuck him and fuck her. <laughs> I don't support that behavior, but I'm staying away from this. I'm with you, though. I think I would bet Julia Avila. And she went to Notre Dame. So that's all I needed to Shout say. Shout out to Fighting Irish. There you go. Uh, now we have. Hopefully, a- they get uh, Riley Leonard. My sources are telling me Riley Leonard. Is uh, yes. flirting with the idea of coming to Notre Dame. That would be big. He's a ten out of ten um, lock on twenty four seven, and that's very there, rare, apparently. So I, I like that. I as long as he doesn't go to A and M, because I want A and M to suffer. Yeah, I, I screw Mike Elko. How about yeah, Cody Brundage? Wow, how about it, man? The human money factory, Cody Brundage. <laughs> He's getting in there. I mean, he fucked us over in that Jacob Malcoon fight. <laughs> I was gonna say the yeah that you know that was the only. Uh, the only blemish, and even then, we should have got a W. Yeah, but guess but. what, bro? Zach Reese is here to get it back in blood, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's gonna do what needs to be done. 
I, I if there's not blood leaking from Cody Brundage's face, then we haven't done this the right way. Last time Zach Reese fought was on the Contender Series. He armbarred a Eli Aronov. Uh, oh my God, that's right. The that Israeli tank. Nine. Jesus, yeah. he was way on. He should not. Holy yeah. shit. That guy has a 55-pack. Yeah. All right. That's right. I remember talking about that fight. But in all seriousness, this, this guy has good jujits, and I think he's and he's much bigger than Cody Brundage, and Cody Brundage is a quitter. So yeah. I'm going to count yeah. on him quitting in this one. Give me a nice quit here, Cody. Give me one more because this is probably the last the last hurrah. Absolutely. Yeah. I sure <laughs> hope so last, for all of our cases. The last of the Mohicans. He's minus um, 180. Uh, for inside the distance, so they they know the the, the quit the quit they is know on. Something. Uh, but do they know what we know? Do they know what we know? I I don't know. I I that's that I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't even Zach know. Zach by TKO KO in round one is plus three twenty. I'm gonna take that. I, I listen. I, I'm ready for this guy. <laughs> so I, there's just not much on him, right? We, when you watch him fight on the contender series against Mr. Aronoff, I think he uh, I think he got. He got hit a couple times, right, and then he got taken down, but he got that arm bar, which was nasty. I, b- I believe I bet on Eli Aronoff on that. I think he was the last leg of a, of a D-Gen parlay, and I was like, oh, we're looking good. And then, you know, he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to go back to Israel and not fight this guy anymore. All this guy's finishes or fights have been four minutes or less. Half of them have, have ended under a minute. You know, he hasn't fought anybody at all. Um, well, I mean, at he's all. not really fighting anybody here. Yeah, and in his last fight, he was fighting Jacob Malkoon, and he had to, you know, take the coward's way out to get a win. But he, he got the win, right? He, he gets the win bonus. Hooray, I guess. Congratulations, I think, Cody. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm with you here. I, I, it's funny because I think I've heard good things about Cody Brundage in the gym as well. But I, I just think he's probably, you know, ham- good hammer, bad nail. And also, I think he's kind of like Dustin Stoltzfus. <laughs> Kind of maybe a mental midget. Maybe he just folds under the bright lights. As soon as he makes that octagon walk, it's just like I'm not. You know, my volume is gonna be low, and I'm just gonna shoot for takedowns, and that's it. And if that doesn't work, I'm gonna quit. Remember the um, the um, fuck. Who's the, the big fuck? William Knight. When he fought William Knight, he, he had he had. I think he was on top of him. He got swept, and elbow twice, and then he said, "I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home and go to LFA fight jo- uh, Joseph Cropshot, Crop shoot, crap shit." Uh, get a nice win, come back to the UFC, Dude, Nick Maximoff. The night he fought fucking Trayshawn Gore, he looked like the greatest MMA fighter of all time. That, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that was because Trayshawn Gore, you know, three and one at the time. And also, when's the last time we saw Trayshawn Gore? I guess it was last year when he fought Josh, I'm not your friend. Oh, but, well, that was a bad matchup. That was a bad, that was a bad, yeah. Um, but we've seen Michael Olsaychuk, that fight, smoked him in, a, in the first time he got to fight uh, Bo Nickel last year. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Smart move pulling out of that one, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you saved yourself a nice loss there, Trey. Um, and then the Dumas fight was just just terrible. I mean, like, I don't even rate Dumas highly. And at that point, I didn't even rate him that highly. It was a couple months ago. But, man, like, you know, and even the Adolfo Vieira, they tried to give him a guy who, you know, can quit on him and he can be able to get a comeback win. He couldn't do that. So I, I just think he's cooked. I, I don't know much about Zach Reese whatsoever. Zach Aston Reese, this guy, this guy from the Penguins. I'm not sure. Um, fighting out of Shiner, Texas. Not sure about that one. Born in Houston. Uh, trains at War Training Center. Let's see who trains there. I don't know any of these people. Uh, I, know, I know Trevin Giles, Anthony Ivy, that bum, Charlie oh, Ontiveros, oh, wow. Joseph Holmes. 
These are some really good fighters that he's training with. Um, UFC feeder program. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe Zach Reese is the next, uh, the next thing smoking. I don't know, but I'm taking a chance on a first-round TKO. I think as soon as he – yeah, the problem is I, I wish I knew if this guy had any wrestling or jiu-jitsu or back or anything because he's a big dude, so maybe Brundage can like, you know, just kind of shoot far out, grab a single, grab a double, and maybe that's it. Maybe he can just do that, and that's his path to victory. I wouldn't be surprised because, I again, uh, Mr. Eli Aronoff took down Reese on the Contender Series. Yeah. But maybe that's just to set up an, uh, an arm bar. I don't know either way. Uh, should I just take – Maybe I'll just take him round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Uh, Zach Reese, round, round one. one. Plus 130. Jeez, that's it, man. Christ almighty. I mean, it's, yeah, still good, it's still a good number. I mean, it's obviously they know what's going to happen. So They know. We all know. I am taking Zach Reese submission plus 240. Damn, uh, I like right. – well, I think the way – Cody Brundage is good. Like you said, he's a shoot fest. So he's going to keep trying to get this close into the ground. Zach Reese has a lot of – submissions not just uh you know i mean he has two submissions in his professional but in his amateur career it was the last three were guillotine triangle rear naked it seems like that's guillotine. the way that's he wants big. to yeah uh and i don't know i don't feel really great about this uh, at all but i just we're think, taking a big shot yeah i think the style of fight is going to play into a submission so that's what i'm hoping for but let's fucking do it dude this fight's kind of buried this next one joe selecki and drake are close who you mentioned we were going to talk about. Drake are close. Had a big rough Draco? Little, yeah, big, big Draco had a little rough go at it uh, a, a little bit back there when he was getting uh, concussed by Jeremy Stevens on, on the, uh, before the fight even started on the stage. Yeah, that guy's a clown, by the way, for doing that. I know he tried saying, oh, all I did was push him. He, he just doesn't want to I mean, fight. He pushed like, the bro, shit you, out of him, dude. Yeah, push, push, he pushed the shit out of him when he didn't expect it, so his body kind of – he, like, got whiplash. Like, <laughs> While he's dehydrated. You know. Yeah, like that's that's just you know uh, I'm glad Jeremy Stevens is boxing and, and doing terribly now. So well, he's so. coming off of two wins, one against the human highlight reel Brandon Jenkins. That's right, and the other yeah. one against Hoffa Garcia, gifted Hoffa Garcia. That is to you out there. So that yeah. was a pretty good win. But what do you uh, say here? I mean, Joe Selecki, Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Hassan's jujitsu. Respect. Don't ever forget it. He is coming off of a win against Carl Deaton where he just backpacked that gentleman the entire fight. Yeah. Made what, it look what easy. What a signing that guy was. Joe Selecki's the underdog here. Plus 120 to Drake Our Closest, minus 140, minus 125. Do you think, I need to ask you, does Joe Selecki get this to the ground? Does he get him out of there, or does Drake Our Close piece him up on the feet? Um, I believe Drake Our Close has a college wrestling background, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look for specifics. College. Foundation college. is a wrestling so North North Idaho, baby. So right. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, uh, oh, and Lindenwood, which is uh in in the great state of Kansas, unless okay. it's in Missouri, the, the awful state of Missouri that is. Um, so he has a wrestling background. He hasn't fought in a while because remember the Jeremy Stevens thing, and then he also tore his ACL. So it's been about a year and a half, I think. And not to not to um try to try to be funny, but every Dracar fight is very close. All of his oh, fights come are close. On. I'm just saying. <laughs> I hate to do that, but you know, a lot of his fights, uh, you know, end up being close. Like you know, he has high highs and, and low lows. Kind of the even the Hoffa Garcia fight was wasn't that. Uh, you know, it was kind of close. Christos Iago, same thing. And then the Dariush. Uh, also, remember the David Tamer fight. I don't know how he lost that one. And uh, Mark DeCasey went to a split. Um, 
uh, when he was in RFA, he had a couple split or a couple close decisions. So I think he's a guy that does fight on very thin margins. We haven't seen him in so long. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I know we, we know what we have with Joe Selecki. He's got the really good BJJ. His wrestling's not good. He's kind of like Mackenzie Dern as a male, I feel like. I, I don't know if that's... His wrestling's not that bad. I mean, no, it's, it's, it, not, yeah. it's not great, but it's not Mackenzie Dern bad. Uh, that yeah. is... <laughs> that's a, a whole other level. Yeah. Um, also, I think his stand-up is, is improving offensively. Joe Selecki's kind of like Dern, but he does not like getting hit, man. His no. chin's bad. His cardio's bad. Those two things are... Um, yeah, you just can't have you can't have that, right? And I think the Gordon fight, I think it was close. Remember, he got knocked out by Nicholas Moda uh, back in back the day. In the day, yeah, that, that was bad. Eight six four fighting championship. I'm not sure if they're still around anymore. Shout out. Um, and then I, I think he lost to Alex's uh, De Silva fight, but you know, whatever. Either way, I just um, I just don't trust his cardio or uh, or chin. So I'm gonna go Jakar close. Um, I'm gonna go. Hold on, wait for it. Wow, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jafar close inside the distance. Wow, I think he's gonna get it done late. Plus yeah, two seventy five. I hate to fade both of the the Philly guys, but I'm doing it, and I'm doing it well. I'm doing it and doing it and doing it well. All right, so yeah, is plus two seventy five. That's a good number on that, though. Honestly, yeah, not because I think if I think, close you know. wins this fight, he's it's gonna be like a steamrolling, uh, in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a sense. I just. Uh, Submissions plus three sixty, dude. Uh, yeah, I, he has I, one zero subs. I'm sorry. Who? Uh, yeah, Jake on close. You're uh, talking about Selecki. I'm talking about Selecki, brother. Uh, and he has eight submissions. How many has close ever been submitted? Probably not, right? No, no, and that's concerning. By but he, it, I always look at it as there's always a first for everything, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I have to just take this out of respect. This is a respect bet. This is not. I'm not using any thought, knowledge, or I would not take this if uh, things were even. But it's Joe Selecki. It's has has jujitsu, and he is going to find a way to find that man's neck. So give me plus three sixty. I'm gonna submission. switch close to TKO. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> so you're up against my TKO. Let's uh, let's see what we got Hold here, on buddy. Here. TKO. Yep. What number are we getting that at? We are getting plus three nineteen thousand. No, I'm kidding. That would be sick. Plus <laughs> three ninety. Selecki what, sub. What's yours? Plus three sixty, I believe. Oh, the battle of the three, the plus three hundreds. Let's go. All right. Well, hopefully one. Three hundred was a great one. movie. Three hundred was a great what, movie. Was. So I think, I think, I think I got it here. I think that's my, my thinking. Steve Garcia, Melkizal, Costa. Wow, got that one right. Melky Cothy. Melk Cothy. Okay, I don't know what kind of nickname that is, but that is his nickname. Uh, Steve Garcia is the Mean Machine. The Mean Machine, last time out, just eliminated Shyland Norton PK, and he also yeah. destroyed Chase Hooper one of the last times he was out too. So I remember that one. Uh, he got destroyed by Mahashate as well, which is not a good look looking back. That but, was also Mahashate Hayazar. Hi- they added his last name. He's not Masha. Yeah, he's not just Masha Mas- anymore. <laughs> what the fuck? You I know. can't just do that. I'm. I'm with can you. Can you? I don't think you can. I don't think you should be able to. But I guess. Well, like, what if Seal? Next thing you know, he, Seal Jones or Madonna <laughs> Williams. It's like no, 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 no. I don't think we're not so. doing that. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're Ichiro. You're not Ichiro Suzuki, even though Suzuki badass last name also. But Melkizal Costa is a minus two fifty. 245 favorite 
Steve Garcia is plus 210, 200. I don't know if I necessarily like anything here. I would lean Costa just because Steve Garcia has shown he's not very trustworthy and Costa's only losses to Tiago Moises, who is pretty good, but he's not looked that great as of recent also. So I just don't know what to think here. Yeah, I feel like Garcia is the bigger guy. I don't know if he has a longer reach. It looks like they're the same. But Steve Garcia is bigger, even though he likes to fight. Like, he likes to brawl, fight on the inside. And Melky, Melk, I should say, not shout out to Melky Cabrera. I think Melk, uh, he's not as long, but he likes to fight at distance. He likes to fight long and move around, right? He moves really well, good kicks, goes to the body very well. Uh, also goes for the kill. So sometimes you will see, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. Steve Garcia likes to go for the kill. Yeah, so he sometimes does. he gets dropped and hit, uh, pushes a good pace. But the thing with Melky, I feel like he lets guys off the hook. Um, again, he has awesome kicks. He's really good. Uh, he's really good at spinny stuff and flying knees. If you if you're a good flying knee guy, that can really you know that that's a huge X factor in in, in any fight. Um, so I like the timing. I like the speed of Melk. Um, I think his last fight was a big fight, a big a big step, I should say, in the right direction. Because I think before that we saw a little bit, but we, we weren't sure because the Moises fight and even uh, back when LFA, back when he was in the LFA. He took a couple losses that, you know, probably shouldn't have happened. Just, you know, kind of getting controlled and not fighting smart, really. I think it's about fight IQ for him. He has a bunch of fights, but uh, not many in the UFC. So I think now, what is he? One and one. Boom. You get two fights on your belt against Moises and Lingo. Tough fight against Moises and then a kind of a good bounce back spot against Lingo. So I like it. I like it. I don't know if he finishes Garcia or not. Garcia, I keep hiccuping. Sorry. Whoa. Garcia, um... I don't know. He's he's pretty he's sneaky good. I th- I think he's three and two in the UFC. He was five and two in Bellator. Um, has some pretty good wins under his belt. His, his losses are pretty tough. Remember, he lost to Tercios way back in the day. Joe Warren, Alan Cruz, uh, Luis Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, and then your boy Mahashate. So I don't know what to think of him. He's he's very back and forth, very up and down. Um, what is he? Thirty one. So this is probably the prime his his prime, I should say. Uh, Melky still has a ways to go. I don't know, man. I, I'm going to take Melky, but I have no bet because I, I could see him, you know, kind of giving this fight up in the third round if he's tired after pushing that pace. But I could also see him getting Steve Garcia out of here with a you know nice body shot or a flying knee or something. So I'm going to stay away. I, I could also see Steve getting him out of there too, just because he's hell on wheels, man. He really just throws hammers the other way. And if you're and if you want to fade Jackson Wink MMA, which where Steve Garcia trains, I understand. Just yeah, saying. I mean, it's always a fun thing to do, but I'm staying away as well. I'm probably with you on like leading Melky or Milk, but uh, the milk there, there you go, the Milkman. Ihor Potiera, who is a human, a human fade <laughs> machine for me just because he does that stupid uh, sword celebration after he fights. And he yeah. also, after he knocked out uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua, acted like he had just eliminated Prime Anderson Silva, which... <laughs> Really, still. It wasn't Brazil, off. though. That was kind of that was kind of crazy. It was, but I, I still I still hold that grudge. And then I was glad that Carlos Olberg was able to just smash his fucking face in. So yeah, that uh, was good. There's that. He's fighting Hadolfo Bellato, who is coming off of the Contender Series, who were in a fight where he was. What is who was the guy he was? Oh, that's right. We talked about him. A big, um, uh, that the, big, um, uh, Canelo, the dude from Bahrain. Yeah, he fought, he fought Bahrainian Canelo, <laughs> Dagestani Canelo. 
He was a big underdog too, if I remember correctly. Bellotto was because I think that was his third or second contender series fight. He had fought Vitor Petrino. I think it was in Petrino's debut, and he got fucking smoltered within 30 seconds. And then he fought again on the contender series, and he was actually doing well that time against Petrino. But he got you know dusted off yet again. I think he, uh, I think he actually hurt Petrino and then almost armbarred him, if I remember correctly, in that fight. But yeah, he's a Brazilian banger. He's got heavy kicks. Pretty good Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. The the thing to the, the X factor here is his clinch knees. I think he looks to that a lot when he fought that dude uh, in LFA, LFA, Matus Massaros, twelve and one. So not you know very good, but he, he did what he had to do. A lot of clinch knees. I, I've seen that a lot with him in, in his uh, his highlight reel. He did it against uh, Talha as well. So I think that's going to be a very big point of emphasis uh, in this fight because Igor Potiera, we've seen before get. Um, broken down Mr. Nick. I remember Mr. Nick broke him down. Shout out. Uh, good, good clinch knees as well. And same with Carlos Olberg. Car- Carlos Olberg got him in the clinch and was doing good things. And then he uh, hit him with that left hook, dropped him. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a fraud, Ihor Potier. They brought him in. I don't know why, but they brought him in, right? I mean, look at his record. Completely padded. Just um, just in 2019, he was 15-2, and fought an 0-3 guy, went the distance with Mr. Nikolai Garbuz. And if you look at his picture, you're like, yo, what factory did they yank him out on his uh, lunch break and say, yo, bro, come come take this fight. Uh, he's 0-6 in his career. So, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know. Kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a tough, tough uh, I'm trying situation. To, <laughs> I'm trying to go back and look at this guy that Potier fought in the Contender Series and see how that guy's been doing. 2-2. Two and two. In his last four, so you know maybe he's not the worst guy in the world. Oh, he went to KSW and got pasted twice, so that'll do it to you. If you listen, everybody thinks they're gangster until they go to KSW and and fight with those uh, huge ads on their back. Yep. Then you get smoked by some guy who's like two hundred eighty five pounds, fucking Polish muscle, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I got to get out of this country. But I say all that to say, Adolfo Bellato, huge favorite. I guess he should be, but uh, you know, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good, but he has been tested. Um, oddly enough, more than Potiero is, you know, double the amount of fights. Yeah, I guess give me Bellato by uh, fucking something. TKO, sub, something. I, I think inside the distance is safe. I, it, I love to see the line on that, if you could help me out there. Uh, what, inside the distance is minus 250, I believe. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back with my popcorn uh, at work and not watch this fight. Uh, and Potier should get dusted off, and eventually we can get one more fight out of him. I think Potier, and then he'll I, lose, and then he'll get cut. I so. just don't know. Yeah, like I would have bet this, but I'm gonna stay away because I don't know how it gets done. I, I think he get, finishes him, but he's got you know six TKOs, four submissions. Uh, Potier has shown he likes to get you know finished a little bit, so he's never been subbed. He's been TKO'd a lot. So actually, you know what? I will bet it. I'll I'll take the TKO. I think I'll I'll take what the the typical thing that's. Expected to happen, and we got plus one twenty Bellato TKO. Bang! So what do we have next, ladies and gentlemen? We have Wellington Terman. Wow, against Jared Gooden. Wow, I, Night Train, Night Train Gooden. That is to you. He's coming off a loss to Carlston Harris. Uh, he's made his his return to the UFC. They are just trying to set him up with people that they are trying to build up, and that being Wellington Terman, who you just never tell what version of this gentleman's going to show up. He's either the man, or he's just getting cooked and, and wrestle fucked, or he's winning a split decision where he's getting points taken away from Sam Alvey. 
It's just it's all over the place. But Wellington Terman is a minus two hundred favorite to Jared Gooden. I want nothing to do with this fight. Jared Gooden, if I asked you how old he was, what would you think? Probably like thirty seven. Yeah, he's twenty nine. Holy so, shit. Uh somehow he's our age. And he is like uh I think thirty uh no, twenty two and nine. He's got thirty one fights at twenty nine. He's an Atlanta, Georgia dog, um, bulldog, possibly, if you will. I'm not sure if he's a UGA fan from Gwinnett. Uh, one of my favorite um, YouTubers, YouTube podcaster, MMA guys, uh, Big Dan Levy. Shout out to Dan. He's good friends with Jared Gooden, so uh, he was able to um, you know, give a pretty good breakdown. Non-biased, too. I think he um, – <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what to – I guess Termon's dropping down to 170, so that's something you have to look at, right? Um, it's, I think it's his second fight at 70. I think he fought Randy Brown at okay. 70 as well. I forget, that, there you go. Um, uh, when Gooden fought Carlson Harris, he fought that on like two, two day, three days notice. Um, I thought he was like, I don't know. There, there was definitely a little bit of hype behind him before, but now I, I don't know. I don't, I, either both guys, I think the loser of this is done, I think is what this fight is. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't really have a good... <clears throat> good read on this. Like, Termon's very chinny, but he also has a pretty nasty left hook, good calf kicks, good black belt, right? But uh, we see him just just fold. He's now training with um, uh, Alex Pereira and Glover. So that's good, but maybe they're just beating the shit out of him and sparring, so maybe that's not good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, these guys have a combined, what, four and nine record in the UFC? So, yeah. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I, I truly have no idea. So I'm going to stay away from this fight. I think Gooden is it's very safe to bet against him usually, but it's also the same could be said for Termon. So again, if I had to, you know, gun to my head, I think I'm picking Wellington Termon. Um, but it, you know, minus 200 is kind of wild, but it may, maybe it's not. Jared Gooden, again, like I said, he's not very good in. No. Yeah. He's not very good in. Uh, so I, I have nothing either. I'm going to stay away. I like, well, who? Are you? I don't like anything. Uh, we got yeah. Jamie Lynn Horth <laughs> against Veronica. Muscles. Don't call me Hardy. No, actually, you can call me Hardy. Uh, <laughs> what was her old name? Macero. Macedo. Yeah, Macedo. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Dan Hardy. Ver- Veronica Macedo Hardy, by the way, is just beautiful. I'm sorry. Just like look at her. She is just a beautiful. Like she has a beautiful face. I'm sorry. Well, she she's the that. underdog here, Ty. All right. Does that upset you? She's plus one sixty to. <laughs> Jamie Lynn Horth's minus 180-190, so a considerable favorite. What do you like here? Do you Are you going to bet with your girl? She Jamie Lynn Horth is 1-0, and I believe, in the UFC against Haley Cohen. Yeah. That didn't do much for me. I'm staying away from this fight. Yeah. Um, Horth's coming down also from 135 to 125 after she fought Haley Cohen, who's pretty much a 145-er. She's a big girl. Um and she uh, she pretty much out physicaled Haley Cohen, so I think I, I don't see why she's not going to do the same thing here. She likes to put you against the cage. She likes to grind on you, throw clinch knees, and just kind of wear you down. She has a bunch of different finishes. I like that. Um, not many fights, so she's you know still improving. She is thirty three, but I don't know if that matters here. She's she's much bigger, much more physical than Veronica Hardy. Like I said, she has a body kick knockout, uh, punches, strikes, a couple rear naked chokes. She has two wins over Lupe Godinez as an amateur. One by split, one by uh, unanimous decision. Um, and the thing with Veronica, uh, well, she's only 28, but man, I, I just can't stop thinking about how she took all that time off after she fought Bia Malecki, of all people, 
Or uh, no, that was after that was after she she took time off right and then came back to fight. No, no, okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. She fought Bimaleki, got her head bounced around, and she had some concussions, headaches for years. So you know, to fight one of the worst UFC fighters ever in Bimaleki, and takes considerable damage enough to where you have to retire for a couple of years. Funny enough, Bimaleki, not funny, but. Ironically enough, Bimaleki also had to do the same thing. After she fought Minnie Nunez, she had to call it quits because she was just getting, you know, she said, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to go model in Sweden or something. So that was bad. I mean, her last win was her only recent win is Juliana um, Miller, Juliana Filler Miller. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think we rate that win highly at all. I mean, I remember I had her. Did I have her against Juliana? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Um, she was a huge underdog. So I just think she's up against it here. I mean, dude, I, I saw people bet Veronica Macedo Hardy, Veronica Hardy, at minus money on on Twitter. I saw a couple of people say, yeah, this is a good spot. Now she's like plus 150, so not a good spot. Uh, I think she has like, she's quick, good kicks, but she's just small. She's just, you know, she moves pretty well, but she's not very well-rounded, I guess. And I think Jamie Lynn Horth, honestly... She's a little older. She, you know, still very inexperienced, but she's physical, man, and she's coming down too. So she's going to be much, much bigger, much stronger. I, she's going to dictate whatever this fight takes place, wherever you know, whatever it does, whatever happens. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to take Jamie Lynn Horth inside the distance. Wow, I might bet this with you because I like that. Uh, I, I was, I was just looking at the same thing. She's. She fought her last fight at 35. I believe it was on a short notice situation. And then she was like a 25 champion in the other uh, organization. Yeah, whatever the fuck, yeah, whatever the fuck that uh, she was in. But Horth inside the distance is plus 240. I'm taking it. Let's go, dude. And that is UFC Austin. The crowd will be electric for this Horth fight. <laughs> It'll be absolutely crazy. I know everyone will be in their seats ready to go. Plus yeah. two forty, and that is the. That is, oh, do we have any boxing or anything before we get out of here? I know we've held the people on long enough. I don't think there's anything else you really got to discuss. We do also just wow. random boxing note. Um, David Benavides, his twenty twenty four plan after destroying Demetrius Andre, said he wants to fight Canelo. Well, let me get this order right because this is pretty wild. It's not going to happen. I mean, boxers say you know the darnest things. Um, he wants Canelo, then he wants Artur Betterbiev, and then he wants Dimitri Bivol. All in the same calendar year. Uh, good luck, buddy. Also, yeah. Mike Tyson's talking about Mike Bene- uh, David Benavidez. You- you'll see him fight at heavyweight and win a championship eventually there. Let's slow down. He's at 168, right? Heavyweight's about 100 pounds-ish more. Uh, you know, especially for him. He's always been a big boy. Let's just uh, – let's let's fight Canelo first, and then maybe we can talk about fighting Alexander Usyk. You know, let's just kind of slow down with that talk. But like I said, dude, all the Mexican fighters, all the legends – you know, nobody really cares about Canelo. It's kind of kind of crazy, honestly. You know, uh, Morales, Barrera, Marquez, none of them besides Dale Hoyer are really in Canelo's corner. So, and that's how the guy won my corner. So, um, yeah. I'm excited for David Benavides and what he does. Um, he just took place in the last Showtime pay per view, a boxing pay per view ever. R.I.P. Um, the last, I think, there's one more boxing uh, Showtime boxing event in December, right? It's um, David Morrell. David Morrell. He's also a really good fighter at 168. He's going to take. He's. Gonna, I forget who else is on that card, but either way, this weekend we have Ryan Garcia, Oscar Duarte uh, on the zone, December second, taking place. Also, Houston, Texas, at the Toyota Center. So Texas is, you know, they're they're churning out fight. They, listen, Texas, the Rangers might not get 
um, Shohei Otani. But they, um, they're definitely trying to put on some fights this weekend. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I like Duarte. I, I, I don't think he's a layup at all. Um, he looked really good in his last fight against D'Angelo Keys. Uh, I think he's got like some like 10, tw- nine, 10, uh, finishes in a row since he lost to, um, what the fuck did he lose to? Uh, Adrian Estrella, Estrella, who, uh, pretty decent, just, you know, journeyman fighter. Uh, who has a loss to Ergashev, who I don't know if you watched his past card, but Mr. Shojahan Ergashev, tough Uzbek guy. He fought Subriel Matias on the undercard of Benavidez Andrade. That fight was crazy. Subriel Matias is supposed to be the next Puerto Rican star in 140 uh, since, what's his name, Felix Verdejo killed his pregnant wife. Jesus. He will not be, uh, <laughs> threw her over the bridge even. What the so fuck? He will not be, he will not be uh, a part of the boxing future for the, the great country of sure Puerto Rico. Not. Yeah, he won't be, unfortunately. Subriel Matias, though, he will be. He is 31. He, he just, so I think he has five wins in a row where the other opponent, the other guy just said, I'm, you know, I'm not getting off this stool. I'm good. I don't think I've ever seen guys have a winning streak of, um, corner stoppages. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, two in a row by the fifth round. He's a savage. Also, Jamal Charlo was on that card. Looked very good against Jose Jr. Wish he got the finish, but he looked really good against a guy who, you know, Jose Benavidez was a once top prospect until he got shot in the leg. And so he can't move as well, uh, obviously, as you can imagine. But yeah, that was um, that was the boxing from this past weekend. We have, again, uh, Ryan Garcia, Oscar Duarte. I'm going to look up real quick to see if there's anything else on the undercard. I really doubt it because I think this is supposed to be, a, you know, kind of a tune-up, get-right fight for Ryan. It's it, But, you know, sometimes we see that in boxing. It doesn't work that way, right? You think you have some layup in front of you and he hits you where he takes your shots and you're like, fuck man, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm good. Um, Shane Mosley jr. Is on this card. So yeah, it's <laughs> that, that shows you how, how it is. Um, Welcome to boxing. boxing are the promoters with golden boy promotion. So yeah, also we, also we forgot to talk about this BKFC tonight or tomorrow. I'm sorry. You, oh wait, Saturday. I thought they usually do a Friday night fights. BKFC. Nope. Who do you got in the main event? I, I No jokes, no skits, no bits. I am actually looking forward to Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry at 175, which is kind of crazy for Mr. Eddie. Eddie says he's, he's bringing the fighting spear of Kensington PA to this fight. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I mean, you got to pick Mike Perry. That's more in his right. neighborhood. Uh, he is the also, Mike Tyson of, uh, of P, uh, BKFC. <laughs> he really is. He also he's coming off of a win against Luke Rockhold. It was huge. Like yeah. that's a big boy. And Eddie Alvarez is. Uh, I don't want to say he's small, but he's uh, he, you know he's not that big. Also, uh, was that four and in BKFC or in bare, in bare knuckles? I should say three and for Mike Perry. Dude, how about how about Mike Perry? If, if he finishes off Eddie Alvarez, he's going to have wins over Michael Venom Page, Luke Rockhold, Eddie Alvarez back to back to back in BKFC. That's kind of crazy, you know, because you got to remember he's only thirty two. His UFC run didn't go as planned. He had a couple wins, but you know he beat Paul Felder, which is wild. But you know he went seven and eight, and it was a lot of bad losses and a lot of average wins. So to see where he is now, I mean, yeah, he's a crazy man. Listen to him talk is 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 awesome. But if he could do this, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Co-main event: Ben Rothwell, <laughs> Big Ben Rothwell. He's forty-two. He's fighting Todd Duffy, who is somehow only thirty-seven. Uh, Todd Duffy, last time he fought, he fought Phil DeFreeze in KSW and got fucking 
he got smoked. And they also ran that back. They ran that fight back from like 12 years prior, which was crazy. I didn't even know we were doing that. But, um, I, you know, Ben Rothwell, I think, is coming off a couple wins. So don't slow him down, dude. Don't tell him he can't fight anymore. Also on this main card, Jeremy Stevens. We were just talking about him. We'll be taking on Jimmy Rivera, El Terror. Um, I guess he's in bare knuckle now, too. I didn't even know that. Um, Beck Rollins so, is in there. She's defending her belt, dude. She's like, she, you know, <laughs> she's actually lost three in a row. How does she have a belt? She doesn't. Okay. She lost to Christine Ferreira, Ferreira, Feria, who has the belt. I'm so sorry. She actually has no wins. So Beck Rawlings, back to WWE, possibly? I hope not. <laughs> hope not. Uh, for Arnold, <laughs> Arnold Adams, the heavyweight champion, is fighting Mick Terrell. 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 Uh, they're running it back. The last time they fought, I was there. I was in attendance, and I remember watching. It was the Van Zant ostovich card. Uh, Arnold Adams slept Mick Terrell. So they're running it back for whatever reason. Arnold Adams' last fight, uh, he didn't do so well against Alan Belcher, but... Um, he was he's he's done pretty well for himself in BKFC. So he's the champion. Uh, Who's the champion? He's the heavyweight champion. Yes, Arnold Adams. Um, How does he still have it after he just got eliminated by Alan Belter? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. And he's also it's, buried on like the prelims of this event uh, somehow, or I guess everything's a main card. Or who? Ca- I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't even know. I guess it's for the belt that he doesn't have that neither guy has. Nice. <laughs> there you go. We're just giving uh, Mike Jones. Also, who Mike Jones is also on this card. Uh, fighting out of Utah, so that should be good for him. What a night. What a night of fights, ladies and gentlemen. What? Enjoy that one. Make sure Saturday's you gonna be wild. put the crack pipe down before you go purchase yeah. that one. Because <laughs> if you do, you're absolutely out of your fucking mind. But I mean, listen, we're going to get Saruki in, and then a little bit after that, we're going to get Mike Perry, Eddie Alvarez, and a little bit after that, we're going to get Ryan Garcia. You know, there, there's a lot of jokes and skits uh, for this whole night of fighting, but that, at least around 9, 10 o'clock, I guess like 10, 11, we're going to get some pretty good fights. I forgot that Mike Perry beat... Michael Venom Page in bare knuckle boxing. That, yeah, like that. Yeah, that was wild, insane. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. You got a nice hour and twenty six minutes of pure gold, and you have everything you need to know going into this weekend. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Ty Capone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, if you put your hands on your knees, make sure you are shaking your ass for Drake. <laughs>